Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Good Work Podcast. Today, we're going to talk all about the census and redistricting. And please stick with us until the end when we'll tell you what we're looking forward to. Are you excited to talk about census and redistricting? Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a fair and honest answer, and I'm so delighted. No. Well, I say that only because it sounds like it's a very, like, uninteresting Mm -hmm. topic. It's like, but it's so important. Yeah, like, so important. This is like the vegetables of democracy. (laughs) You gotta eat the vegetables. It's like the cleaning toilets of house cleaning. (laughs) Yes, it is. Maybe that's not good either. (laughs) But it's so important. It is so important. Right. You don't want a dirty toilet. Right. And you have to eat your vegetables. You gotta eat your vegetables. (laughs) So yeah, there's so much here. It's such a rich topic. And um, so what we thought today, listeners, is it will maybe be a little less of a conversation than usual. But I thought I would fill you and Sarah in on some stuff around census and redistricting. Uh, I actually sit on the committee for the state for philanthropy um, around census funding, and this is something I'm always working on um, a little behind the scenes. But I thought, eh, I think that it's something worth talking about, especially because election day is next week. So should I just dive in? Just dig in. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, riveting. Riveting stuff ahead. So it all starts with the census. And you, I'm imagining, very familiar with every 10 years when you have to fill out your census thing. It's usually in April mm-hmm. when you fill out your postcard, or now you can do it online. Online, I was going to say. Yeah, you, and it's easy peasy. Everyone fills it out. And the idea is that we have a count of all the people living in any given space in the United States on that day, regardless of how old you are, if you're a citizen, whatever. It's just about counting bodies. Mm-hmm. Well, the 2020 census was a cluster. Oh, yeah. There's a lot happening that year. Holy cow. <laughs> yes. And it boils down to two things, COVID and Cuomo. Mm-hmm. So rather than rehashing the nonsense of that, we actually got a pretty good count, to be very honest. Um, we extended the deadline, too. Yes. To make up for the COVID crazy. Yep. And I want to, you know, put some proper blame at our former governor because he did not do the work ahead of time really by 2020 it should have been smooth sailing and his administration didn't didn't do the work in 2017 18 19 that needed to be done so philanthropy had to step in that's how i got way more involved with census (laughs) census data is used to draw new district lines that's the relationship between census and redistricting and it's at every level like city council county lines state, you know, congressional districts, state senate, all of it. And it it's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. So you what you do is you count all the people and then all the districts should have around the same numbers of people and people shift and move. So you have to draw new lines so you're capturing where all the people are. Yeah, that's why it happens every 10, 10 years because we have more of an accurate picture of how many people are here and where they live. That's right. Yeah. So it's become this really big issue because of gerrymandering a political party whatever party is in in you know control by any number of methods will say well we want to draw lines that make us have lots more republicans or we want to draw lines that have us you know create many more democratic seats you know seats safe seats and that's just ridiculous it's really just where people live so in order to fight gerrymandering 
Um, in 2014, we made some changes and said that there's going to be, and this is for New York State, an independent commission was going to come together with 10 members, a balance of Democrats and Republicans, and they would take all the census data from 2020 and create all the new districts, mm -hmm. and it would be super fair, super balanced, make all sorts of sense. That didn't happen. <laughs> It was so dramatic. Yeah. So that commission uh, held a series of hearings around the state. And because it was during COVID, some of them were on Zoom, um, but then they started having some in person. And people from communities were invited to speak and give testimony to say, this is why I think lines should be here versus there. So for instance, I gave testimony both online and or via Zoom and in person saying, Whatever you do, can you please not attach the Corning-Elmira area, the Southern Finger Lakes, <clears throat> to either Buffalo or Rochester or Syracuse? Please don't make us the outskirts of one of the metro areas. Let us be our own congressional district. And I gave lots of reasons why. Well, guess what? That actually worked. I'm not saying it was me. I'm saying the congressional maps that were drawn up gave us our rural district. And I think that's important because rural New Yorkers deserve to have a unique voice in the halls of Congress in Washington, D.C. Because if you've lived here long enough, you know that we, so say you live in Elmira, we are Elmirans. Yes. We are not anything like folks who live in Rochester. No. We, we, have, we have some similarities, but we're very different in the way we think, live, exactly. and the world. Yeah. In this region, we don't identify as living in the outskirts mm -hmm. of Buffalo. No. We really don't. Mm -hmm. And so that was important testimony for people that don't live here to understand. Right. Well, the redistricting commission put together two sets of maps, basically a Democrat set of maps and a Republican set of maps. And I actually have to be honest, I like that they showed their work. I thought that was kind of cool. Like math class? Yeah, it was like math class. <laughs> they did long division and they showed all the work. But unfortunately, oh my gosh, that just created a firestorm. And when they finally tried to put together one unified set of maps, then people in elected power, blah, blah, all got involved and said, well, forget about your ideas. We're just going to put together, unfortunately, a very gerrymandered map. And that's not okay. Regardless of where you sit on the political spectrum, we should all agree that you that's not cool. Right. Well, the courts agree that that's not cool. Right. So now all the New York maps are in court and it is a wild ride. Mm -hmm. And all of this has been unfolding in real time, as we're trying to hold a midterm election in November. Right. So y'all might remember, uh, those of you listening, that there was a New York Prop 1 last year uh, on Election Day that was like, vote yes for this, vote no for mm -hmm. this. And yes meant we were going to change a bunch of things around districting. And so it was going to change how voting works when one party controls both chambers. It was going to count prison inmates um, or be counted their home address versus their prison address count all residents regardless of citizenship status. Um, this whole very wonky thing about state senate and blocks on borders, I don't want to get into that, but that was a wonky part of it, and capping the number of state senators at 63. And it was going to move up the timeline and make redistricting happen more, happen more quickly. Well, that failed, 54% to 46%, which threw the system into more chaos. Yeah. Okay. So what happens next? If you've been wondering, what do we even do? The courts have said, for now, we're just going to go with the maps that were presented first in 2021, just to have something to work with. 
but that over the next year, that'll all get reworked. Right. But basically, sit tight. What you saw, that's what we're going to use for voting. Right. So for instance, our congressional district stretches to Jamestown now. That's what was first presented. Right. And our state Senate lines moved a little, assembly lines moved a little, but honestly, in the region we're talking to, our lines didn't change in ways that are really consequential. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going to see on your ballots next week, or early voting has started, you're going to see on the ballot a lot of names that you're familiar with. Right. We yeah. have essentially all incumbents running and most, most of them running unopposed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Things might change in the future. Uh, and so you'll have to keep an eye on it. but. It's it's tricky because right now we have um, a state Senate region that's the whole area that is our community foundation. Mm -hmm. So if you're used to Senator O'Mara, that's like that's really not changing much. But right now, Steuben County has three assembly districts. Wow. Shimon County has two assembly districts. So it's just where the line falls. Just where the line yeah. falls. So, you know, stay tuned. But the biggest message I want to give is basically this. It happens every 10 years. If you follow it minute by minute, it's like a roller coaster ride. Mm -hmm. I don't actually recommend following it minute by minute. No. Just check in around election day each year and say, where's my district? What's on the ballot? And to do that, all you have to do is go to your county board of election website and just take a peek at the ballot. Right. That's going to help. So don't, don't stay home because it looks confusing. Right. Don't stay home. Go vote. The ballot is really simple. It's the ballot you're used to seeing. Um, and, you know, you're just going to have slightly different lines from time to time. Now, there is a proposal, at least in Steuben County. I know. I know. It's called Prop 2, and it would reduce the number of county legislative districts from 13 to 11 in just Steuben County, New York. Right. And people are it saying. It's a pretty big county. It's a really but... big geographic space. But people are saying, what should we do? Should you vote yes for that or no? Right. Now, I'm going to be very honest. I personally plan to vote yes. Mm -hmm. And because it's linked back to the 2020 census. Okay. So I'm coming back full circle. Right. <laughs> there are fewer people living in Steuben County in 2020 than there were in 2010. And when there are fewer people, you end up with fewer districts. Right. That it's just makes sense. That simple. Yeah. So some people are like looking for the hidden partisan messaging or what's better for this or what's better for that mm -hmm. i think we all win when we simply say the census is data mm -hmm. we use that data to set lines let those lines be where people live and move on right so i am i'm gonna vote yes i would like us to just always have districts that are based on census data mm -hmm. and in the most pure simple way right so I just thought I would bring I would that agree up too. With that. People are wondering what they should do now. By all means, people can vote any way they want. Um, I'm just explaining what I'm going to do. Just as be an informed voter. As be an informed voter. Yeah. If you choose to vote no because you feel a real tie to your specific, you know, legislative county district, mm -hmm. good for you. Right. That's kind of cool if you're like that. If you identify strongly right. with your county legislative <laughs> right. district. Um, I personally just don't like identify in different ways. So that was probably our crunchiest, most boring <laughs> conversation, but I really felt like it was something I wanted everyone to, to know a little bit more about. That was like the Cliff Notes version of oh uh, my census and redistricting. I could go on and on. <laughs> the group that I am part of, it was so wild. 
that we started saying it was like a telenovela mm-hmm. and we started casting the roles. Oh, geez. Like if this were a telenovela, who would play the head of the commission? Who would play the judge in Steuben County that right, right. blocked the, like Steuben County has actually played a huge statewide hey, right. role yeah, in yeah. all of this. Um, of yeah. course, the question of who would play Governor Cuomo, but we would want that to not even, he doesn't even get to be No, because he didn't really have a role in no, any of it. That's like, right. He didn't have a role. He was, he was absent. So. He was absentee. <laughs> so um, with all that said, that was our message around uh, census and redistricting. And just remember, please vote. Uh, it's again, we have early voting in New York, yeah. so you can go vote early. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, vote. November 8th. Otherwise, November 8th. Basically, I look at it now. November 8th is the last day to vote. Right. That's a really good way to look at it. So, other than voting next week <laughs> or by November 8th. Great. Now, Sarah, we didn't get to hear much from you. So, fill us in. What are you looking forward oh, to? Right. Well, I think everybody knows that FLX Gives is coming up the 17th and 18th um, of November. So, that's our 24-hour day of giving. That's a little bit beyond November 8th. But I just want it to be on everyone's radar. If you're an organization or if you're an individual, go to flxgives.org. Um, and just put those dates on your calendar, November 17th, starting at 6 p.m., and it goes until November 18th at 6 p.m., hoping to reach $200,000. I'm saying that publicly for the first time. <gasps> yes, but, we've never we've said. Enough, it's not really, like, it's not a publicized goal. It's, like, the goal in my head, mm-hmm. but I just talked about So um, <laughs> go there. Um, the other thing that I'm looking forward to is um, an event called Runway for a Cause, Love this. which is going to be held November 12th at 6 p.m. at the L in Breezeport. So two things about that. So I've never attended a Runway for the Cause mm-hmm. event before. I've also never been to the L mm-hmm. in Breezeport for an event. Um, so I have like a like a win-win mm-hmm. in that situation. But um, Runway for a Cause is just that. It's a fashion show of like local designers and creatives. Um, they put on this amazing fashion show, um, and the proceeds go toward um, a nonprofit organization. Right, um, and they pick different every year. It's every different. year, yeah. yeah. And so this year, it's I think it's our House of Refuge is yeah. who they've chosen that works with um, inclusion and traffic. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but yeah, victims of sex, sex trafficking. So um, that's really exciting. So if you're interested in that, go to runwayforacause.org. Um, you can purchase tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, tickets are $10, yeah. $15, something relatively nominal. Yeah, so. the, it, the tickets are more affordable than some other events yeah. that you see. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. Um, yeah, they tend to pack it. Like, they there'll do. be, like, hundreds of people they there. do. Oh, and they're looking for volunteers. So if you have um, somebody in your life, a youth or a student who's interested in fashion, mm. um, you know, they can help participate behind the scenes with wardrobe or, you know, and other sort of capacities. So, oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. All right. Well, I'm going to look forward to hearing all about that yeah. after you go. Awesome. How about you? What are you looking forward to? So, I'm looking forward to FLX Gives. Yeah. And then I'm also looking forward to our 50th anniversary <laughs> gala, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. on November 18th. And that's our chance to celebrate, you know, Five decades of the Community wow. Foundation. Wild. Wild <laughs> to think of. But I have to be really honest, as much as I'm looking forward to both of those things, I'm really looking forward to the fact that on the 18th, the college kids come home. Yay! <laughs> Thanksgiving break. Thanksgiving yeah. break. So we're going to see all those kids that we sent off uh, in the fall or in August. 
come home, many for the first or maybe second time, and fill us in on everything that's been happening while they've been away. We have so many wonderful recipients here. So I'm really looking forward to the chance to bump into them yeah. um, at the grocery store and on Market Street and you know out running around. Um, and there's just nothing like the energy they bring back. You can see as the Wegmans parking lots fill up with bumper stickers and things from new schools. And you're like, oh, so-and-so is back. So-and-so's back from Purdue. So-and-so's <laughs> back from Cornell. So-and-so's back from SUNY Rockport. Forever, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also fun to hear like, from those students and also the parents, like how annoyed at each other they, they start to get. <laughs> True. Like, because the students have been, a ho- have been away from home mm-hmm. just long enough to really enjoy their independence. And the parents yes. have also enjoyed that independence, that sort of empty nest if they don't have anybody else at home. For so, sure. Yeah. There is a whole growing period for everybody. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's something I'm really looking forward to. When I get back from our gala, our house will be filling up with returning college students, some from far away and some from in town. Uh, I hear that they're planning to gather at the old Hewitt house that night. So that'll um, be so much fun to come home to. Yeah. So for me, the gala is really the warm up to a very special weekend. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, thank you for having this conversation about census. Thank you for teaching me so much. (laughs) um i would often say let's have a call to action no 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 everyone just relax and know that in 2030 in april of 2030 you're going to fill out your census and live your life yes live your life don't don't get too deeply obsessed with this stuff i'll take care of that on behalf of the region (laughs) i'll take that little burden on happy to do it um everybody just you know vote and frolic frolic and vote that's it (laughs) frolic vote repeat that's what we're looking for so thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the good works podcast